I am so excited that we are joined by an amazing entrepreneur, a dear friend, and a person who's truly humble and tenacious. Welcome to Wellness for Entrepreneurs, where we have meaningful conversations with founders. This podcast is about exploring, educating, and empowering entrepreneurs on maintaining wellness in their entrepreneurial journey. My name is Matebe Jobo, and I am an entrepreneurship investor, scholar, and evangelist. I am your host. Amanda Mangale is the CEO and founder of Local Village Foods, which is a pan-African organic product producer. This is Wellness for Entrepreneurs, episode seven. In this episode, we talk to the founder and CEO of Local Village Foods on how she maintains entrepreneurial wellness and sharpens her thinking such that she is always an alert entrepreneur. Local Village Foods is a pan-African conscious food brand that specializes in organic products that are locally sourced from various African countries. She supplies retail chains such as the Spa Group, as well as large restaurants such as Jackson's Food Markets. I'm so honored as Pamandla to have you on the show with us. And thank you for making the time to join us. Thank you so much, Matele, and thanks so much for, for having me to you and the listeners. So Pamandla Mangale is a dear friend of mine, and that's why I refer to her as Spa. So Spa, one of the things that I truly admire about you is your tenacity, just how you've always been an entrepreneur most of your life and how you started various businesses and have grown them to where they are right now. Can you just share a little bit more about your story and how you've managed to do that? Thanks for that, Timothy. I was born in the Eastern Cape in South Africa in a rural town called Lusigisigi. So Lusigisigi is a town where it's lots of people, really good climate, there's good land, very fertile land. But Lusikisiki is one of the poorest towns or villages in South Africa. And I think this frustrated me so much. I never really understood why. Because, you know, people always refer to if you've got land, you've got climate, surely you should be a prosperous town. I then later went to university and pursued a degree in social sciences and then majored in business, entrepreneurship and community development. I think for me, marrying both community development and business, trying to figure out if perhaps entrepreneurship could be a vehicle for rural development, a more sustainable solution for rural development, you know, as opposed to giving people sort of social ground, which is also good for short term. I was trying to figure out if entrepreneurship could be something more sustainable. I think then, you know, the background in my studies and going into university, you know, meeting different people, traveling a bit and, and reading a lot of African fiction and trying out different restaurants, that for me conscientized me, you know, about African food and our diversity in the continent, yet our similarity you know, around food and origin and how people prepare it, and it's so different. And in South Africa, I've seen a, a few incidents of xenophobia, and I think that really, really frustrated me. And I thought perhaps food could be a use for communication, for connection amongst Africans, you know, um, even as we talk about, you know, African free trade and the like. But if we don't have that connection, that similarity, and the ability to see the similarities, I think we'll continue to sort of be as divided as a continent. So I think all of those three sort of elements of passion, love for food, 
and the frustrations around you know the divide in Africa, but also background and studies, it enabled me to birth what we have now as local village food. I must say, though, my mother really played a role when I was in high school. My first company in high school, grade 11, because I worked for her business, which was inquiring open cost mining, very small scale, where she gave a percentage of the inquiry to the community. So that community sense of being involved in your business, at the same time, whatever efforts you do have an impact to community here. So I think all of that married, and, and obviously we are here today because of all of that background and stories and upsetting. That's really awesome. And I think for me, what comes out in your story is firstly, your environment that you found yourself in. You were in Lusikisiki, which is primarily a village in South Africa. And yet looking around you, you could still find inspiration. You could still find opportunity. Your mom playing such a big role in your entrepreneurial journey. For me, that is part of all the things that are important in an entrepreneur's support system. Because firstly, your environment tells you, hold on, there's something missing here. Secondly, people like your mom then encourage you to pursue this path. That speaks to shaping what we call entrepreneurial cognition. You know, there's something quite interesting about growing up in a place like Lusikisiki and still being able to sort of see. I think sometimes as people, we don't give ourselves enough time to look, to see. We look rather, but we don't see. And and a lot of times there's so much out there, you know, some things are screaming at our faces, some are very subtle, and we just need to look and ponder and reflect and ask why. Somebody can just say, okay, I'm from this village and therefore there are no opportunities. Or I went to university, I couldn't get into this particular program I wanted to. Or it's sort of the end of it. Or, you know, I can't get a job. And then that's it. But the ability to see, to look and see, that for me, I think is one of the greatest things you could do. There's so many things to look at, to see and reflect on. And in that seeing, opportunities will be birthed. Begin to see some gaps and realize you actually have the capacity internally to be able to find a solution for that problem. The reason why some have survived were launched successfully because there was a need. People reflected, they saw and they realized, actually, I could come up and I could dig deep within resources that I've been given, the talents, the exposure, my background, use that instead of complaining about it. There's a book I read. I'm not sure if it was Purple Hibiscus or it was Half of the Yellow Sun, uh, Tina Manding or the Adichie's book. And I came across goat pepe soup. Like she described this man who was eating pepe soup so you could smell the pepe. And I just thought, what is pepe? I went to a Nigerian restaurant. I want to find out what is pepe soup. I mean, there's so many restaurants around. I went to one in Johannesburg and I ate pepe soup and I could visualize that. So, so many things do shape us. And because of having tried that pepe soup, it really has also shaped in terms of the vision of the business. Something I read from her book led me to try out something and that led me to realize you know how things are connected and how i could bring about or create this pan-african brand simply because of the line so definitely people around us people we meet some we don't some we read even the things we choose to listen to television so that's why even that is very selective it's important because all of that influences you and the person you become and the decisions you make so what i'm loving the most about what you're saying is that element of curiosity that births this creativity. And I think a lot of times in our society, we may be looking at entrepreneurship as a route to get a particular outcome economically versus a route to discover and see and test and experiment. And I love what you're saying there because that is mainly about 
sharpening your thinking. And it's really about the books you read, the things you watch, and the moments of reflection that you engage in. How do you then maintain the energy and the motivation to keep going, knowing very well that entrepreneurship is not an easy journey? I mean, you know this, that entrepreneurship definitely is really tough. You've worked with entrepreneurs, you've done it yourself, and you've studied as well on top of that. So you really do know, you know, some of the challenges, you know, obvious things like, you know, access to finance or markets or skill set in the team or competition, you know, and you don't have the muscle to be able to compete. And I think now the obvious thing, I think for many entrepreneurs across the globe is COVID. Some people had to pivot and or quit or start something else or drown themselves in sorrow. So there's so many challenges I think that entrepreneurship brings. The moment you say, I'm raising my hand, I'll do it. And it's almost like you're inviting trouble <laughs> in, into your life because there's so many challenges, you know, you have to keep overcoming, learning. And, and, and I don't think these challenges will ever go away. I think no matter how much you can grow, no matter how much you can have access to capital, access to market, or have a, you know, the biggest market share, but the challenges will be because, you know, we are here on earth. We, we make mistakes. I mean, we're battling issues. We, you know, fighting around climate change, we're fighting politics, you know, global uh, dynamics and, and, you know, trade. You see wars going on in countries. So those challenges somehow will always affect your business one way or another. But I think that there's one thing that, or probably two key things for me, the, the why, the why is so important, why I do what I do. I, I've come to realize that Local Village Foods is, yes, it's a company I started, but it's beyond just me. It's not just about me being the CEO of this company or founding it. But it's about the team we have on board. It's about the communities we work with to source the products. It's about our partners, whether it's packaging companies, it's about our customers. So it's just way beyond just me. So I think sometimes when we self-absorb, and sorry to use such a harsh word, but <laughs> sometimes if we self-absorb and we think that everything is just about us, but the moment you realize, yes, I might be frustrated, but there are other people that really need this. I mean, we almost closed the business twice in the past four years. I've nearly closed it twice. I mean, I had so many challenges and frustrations, but I had somebody who was working. At the time, I just had one employee when we started. And she was working, and she, you know, she was the only one in the, at home who actually had a formal employment. Her parents also were entrepreneurs. And I realized she needs this income. And therefore, if I can try and turn things around and, and work hard and so forth, it will still benefit her. So I think things like those, you know, we need to realize that things are not just about us, that there's also other people that are involved. But I think in the midst of those challenges, I am a believer. I read a lot of the Bible and the Bible is such a profound book in a sense of, you know, you, you can get politics there and solutions and really there's nothing new under the sun. There's so many things and stories of kings in the olden days that you've read and you're thinking, really, did they use the strategy? Because if you go to a business school, you'll see some strategies or tactics, whether it's for military or it's for, obviously in the modern time, it's sort of different. They'll call it different names and it's different scholars who, you know, contribute to that material. But, but the more I read the Bible, the more I see there's so many solutions. And sometimes I can be frustrated and I read, do not be anxious. You know, something that may can I realize, okay, why would a book say this? So I think for me, those sort of help me to be grounded, you know, to, to actually read this book, which is a Bible that helps, you know, it has so many solutions and so many examples of, you know, leadership that you pick up from there. Yeah, I like the, the why, you know, finding the why and 
it's very much tied to purpose and values and beliefs and why we start in the first place, which I think is very fundamental in terms of, you know, shaping how we think and shaping our emotions and directing, redirecting our emotions. So in terms of just redirecting some of those, um, you know, emotions that, that, that come in, those strong emotions, I mean, how do you, how do, you do that? So, so I think purpose is, is, is very good and it and gives us the, the reason why, why we should continue. But there are definitely those moments. I mean, tell us more about, you know, those moments when you almost closed down the business and you really were overwhelmed with strong emotions. What were those um, significant support systems or significant things that you did that actually then, you know, led to you realizing that it is about purpose, that it is about a higher purpose? Yeah, to be a human being is obviously, you you know, we're so emotional beings, men and women, um, all of us are emotional. I mean, I go through anger in the day, I'll go through frustration, anger, um, anxiety, I'll go through, you know, disappointments and just so many emotions in one day and feelings that I have. And, and so sometimes, you know, we act based on that and then later on we regret it. Um, you know, you have a, a, a employee meeting, what she was member you have a meeting and you're going through an emotion and you've not reflected and not thought things through and then after that you know you feel like you know i shouldn't have had a meeting with this person because of the state i was in i've made those mistakes myself but i so our business is based at river sands incubation hub um so this this is basically a place where there's you know i think we've over 200 entrepreneurs if i'm not mistaken small businesses and so some in the food industry, some in, you know, in tech and manufacturing, furniture, clothing. And it's interesting, as I said earlier, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And, and we don't go through things, you know, sometimes something might be new for you, but somebody has gone through it. And, you know, they've come up with how, you know, they've got a sort of a testimony of how they dealt with it or um, some solutions. So I do talk a lot, like with my neighbors at the River Sands Incubation Hub. I mean, I've got so many entrepreneurs, friends um, at the hub. So I'll go to somebody's unit and I'm like, do you have a minute? And I said, you know, I've got this member. This is what I'm going through. And he says, oh, no, don't worry. This is very common or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, or yeah. this is how I've dealt with. And you just realize you're not alone. And the more you talk to people, the more you realize, obviously, these are comrades on, on, on entrepreneurship, if I, if I put it. So they're also trying to run their business and trying to be profitable as a business, but they are people and you, you know, you connect. And so those, those are important things, especially sometimes if you've got really confidential things to discuss, you do want to have people that you can trust. So I find that I've got that community at the River Sands Incubation Hub where I can just tap into, um, you know, my neighbors go there and just like, you know, cry if I must, vent if I must, frustration and I leave. Um, feeling a bit okay, you know, and then I can have maturity to be able to deal and a bit calm to deal with some um, some problems. So I think as an entrepreneur, it's an important thing to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs that you can trust um, and you do feel comfortable and confident because at least from that, you you know, you can get sort of, you know, um, some solutions or, you know, people can say this is how they overcome that, um, that particular challenge. Yeah, I mean, that's really great. And I love the idea that you're pointing out to, you know, the community that you are part of um, as part of the, the incubator that, that, you, that you are based um, and located at. So, and I think many times when we talk about the entrepreneurial ecosystem, we think about it in terms of 
you know, does it have access to capital, finance, financial capital? Can I get access to finance? Can I get access to technical skills? Can I get access to um, a marketing uh, uh, capability? But hardly do we think about it as a community of entrepreneurs that are emotionally intertwined, but also are there to support each other in terms of, you know, maintaining overall wellness. But also, I think, uh, the, the component of trust that you've mentioned is so, so important because trust is deeply rooted. So trust is deeply embedded in our beliefs and our values. And navigating that is actually not a, a, an easy thing. So it actually makes me think, you know, what are those things that we need to do as entrepreneurs to tune into some of the indicators in our minds that tell us we can actually trust a particular person? You know, because a lot of times trust is a function of, you know, my own past experiences as, as, a, as an entrepreneur uh, or as a person. You know, somebody stole my other idea the other day and today I just don't feel comfortable sharing my struggles. And I think that's very important for entrepreneurs to be able to overcome those trust barriers, but still be alert to figure out when it is not appropriate to trust. And as I just reflect on the, the things that you've mentioned around having a team, finding those various team members to start working for you and how that sharpens you as in terms of your thinking, in terms of, you, you know, the direction of your strategy. I suppose it's also related to trust. How do you find that team in the first instance, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a small business who really still does not pay competitive market related salaries? Everyone that I've hired I've done it myself and I don't usually you know I don't do the I mean I do the formal interviewing stuff but I generally just like to take somebody out for lunch um, you know see their behavior there we chat about family where a person comes from what they think about the world what they make of the world I think for me that's important because you learn a lot about people and then I invite them if I like them or I think you know I could sit with them and I invite them for a small formal meeting um, but I think for me what I'm honestly looking for is something that is difficult to teach. I look for sh sort of a shared value system, you know, whether, you know, you, you, family is a priority, community is a priority, um, that a person has a, a worldview that believes that life is not just about them, that there's greater out there and there's a lot we need to make a contribution to, especially able-bodied people. Um, I mean, if you can wake up in the morning and you're breathing and there's somebody who cannot go to work and find, a, you know, employment or there's somebody who's really challenging where you can actually try and meet that need. So if people are able to think like that, I think for me, that is quite an important um, element uh, I look for. And because really behavior, values, I, I don't know if I can teach that. Those usually come from background. And skill set, job on the job, you can teach people, you get them to be mentored, they go to different other companies, if you need somebody to help them, show them technical skill or we teach them in-house as well so that can be taught but attitude and worldview I, I don't think I've got the capacity to teach that to any human being so I look for that in a team you know our team like when we have problems in the team or you know somebody has an attitude or I'm on the other side have been on the wrong we are able to sit down and say okay what is it that you're feeling you know when I said this what do you what did you make of it what did you, how did you make you feel um how can I improve and 
do better and how we can work together to you know be better as a team so how important then is divergent thinking in your team while it's good to have alignment and values i think it's also important that divergent thinking takes place i'd like to just get your view in terms of you know how do you open up that space for divergent thinking as a pan african brand it's, it's about our team so i mean we're a south african based company but if you go into the team you're not going to just find south africans um you will find a mixture of different nations you know and that is very intentional yeah. because people's background bring diversity you know because we're different of course we for at this point we just have a it's an all women team <laughs> but i think that at some point one is going to bring in um you know maybe have men in the team uh because there is a, a perspective that is different you know but i think for now our priority has been how do we create um a team you know that is you know that have sort of multiple um nationalities because they people bring their backgrounds their upbringing and you know and we share that experience and also that helps us because you now sometimes if you if it's a team with all people in the same you know they think the same they um sometimes even issues of i mean we see it like day in day out in companies in governments where corruption can take place because people are all of the same mind and so no one challenges it and no one says oh yeah but we don't believe in this this for us you know it's not part of our culture or this is not part of something that i would do then they bring that uh, differentiation and then you know so for me i i realize there is benefit of having a diverse team but for us as well to be a successful pan african company the company itself needs to look pan african and not just look like a pan african company yeah yeah and of course um i just say just now in terms of like you know that diversity and being very intentional about you know being different nationalities in the team um i think for us that's important in a sense of um because it does contribute to certain culture right um when there's difference and the appreciation of difference and being able to overcome those differences um and because that's important for us i think i mean every sort of we have every weekly we have a team meeting and probably once or twice a month um we'll just have in terms of reflection on strategy plans how are we in terms of and we we'll look at the health of the team and we realize sometimes this you know we we struggle because of cultural differences we try by all means to find okay how do we overcome or where do we meet each other halfway uh, you know if, if somebody is different from you they come from a different viewpoint um and so because we want to create that culture where it is pan african in its nature and it's diverse um and there's so much richness and wealth you know from people's expertise experiences and backgrounds and and that's what we always want to um to bring about but also at the same time when there are challenges from business point of view how do we overcome it together or how do we with suppliers you know with different viewpoints of suppliers or partners or you know such as distributors and things like that how do we meet halfway and or meet each other halfway and be able to resolve some of the challenges so i think for us that um i mean it is a journey i think culture is not something that we've only been around for four years so it's not something i can say definitely we have what we have it's a continuous journey it's a continuous reflection that is required but at the same time uh, probably in the next 10 years if you and i have this conversation i can say actually in the past 10 years this is how we've done and this is the culture of the organization oh that's awesome i'm really glad that um there are really moments of reflection for yourself as well as you know in your team and and how you are conscious around surrounding yourself with 
people that are from diverse backgrounds and diverse cultures and really staying true to your brand, which is really a pan-African brand. So which is, that's really amazing. And, and that's good work and well done to you as an entrepreneur. I think there's so much yeah, to learn and um, continuously improve your creativity. It's all around us. It's all around us. And thank you for that, Spad. Thank you for your time. Thank you for really imparting such important uh, words with our listeners. And I think as entrepreneurs, these are the type of conversations that we, we should be having a lot more. And it's great to hear how you are navigating the space yourself as well as your team. So thank you so much for being on Wellness for Entrepreneurs. Thank you, Matere. Thank you for listening to the Wellness for Entrepreneurs podcast, a space for meaningful conversations with founders. Please click on the link below to subscribe and follow us on our social media channels. Goodbye.